to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're glad that you're able to be with us uh, today as we sit around the table. Uh, sitting around with me is Tim Michael lead pastor here at MMBC, Matt Bates, music and media pastor. My name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church. Missing from the table is Scott Slater. He is absent today because he's en route currently yep. to St. Joseph, uh, Michigan, across the state to help uh, support uh, one of our churches that we uh, support. Yeah, and, the uh, Short Church. Yeah, the Short Church over there, pastored by Kevin Hester. Mm -hmm. And so he and some youth and some adults are headed over there to support and, and work over there and help that church out and, and uh, serve the Lord over there. So he's gone today, but um, we're going to try to carry on without him. Yeah, it'll be difficult. It'll be difficult. You say that with a straight face, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll miss it. We miss him. Um, so Pastors of the Roundtable is the uh, discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MNBC in Monroe, Michigan. Uh, our goal, as we always say, is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MNBC. Uh, today, we want to uh, do the first part of a two-part uh, episode thing we want to do. Um, it's actually based off of a class that... Um, was done that I taught yesterday um, in our Sunday school hour uh, during the early church history class. But um, during that class, we were, were talking about the history of the early church, and we covered really the whole, <laughs> tried to cover the New Testament, um, which is a daunting task in one class. And so we, but we looked at five key events in uh, New Testament history uh, yesterday. So I want to look at the first two of those events during this episode, and then the next one. We can look at the latter three. So two plus three equals five. Are we doing key events for Christianity or key world events? What's the focus? These are key events in new. Uh, yeah, these are all related to church history. Church stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there were also important things happening outside in the world. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but uh, these will all be related to the uh, church. Okay. Uh, church thing. So. Um, so the five key events. So we're not going to talk about Jesus, even though Jesus is the, of course, key <laughs> event. Um, and I tried to make that clear in the class that um, we don't he's want... He's the key event of all time. Uh, before, yes, yes, he's the <laughs> eternal. So I, I don't want to downplay that, but uh, that's not what the class is focused upon. It's focused upon church history. And, um, and so the first key event that I want us to talk about and why this is important... Uh, what happened there, um, all that stuff is Pentecost. Pentecost and the sending of the Spirit. Um, first of all, what is Pentecost? Um, what do you guys think about whenever you think about Pentecost? What do most people think about, do you think? The Holy Spirit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The story of how that kind of was inaugurated, right? In the yeah. room, and the Bible says... Fire came down, touched mm -hmm. the tongue, touched, touched the tongues of the people in there. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so then we have this event taking place where it says they would go out and speak. They started speaking to the people in different languages, but yeah. it was languages that people understood, and even in their mm -hmm. dialect, which is kind of interesting. So, yeah. like, if it was in America, and all of a sudden these people started speaking the language of everybody, but also the dialect. So talking right. Southern, talking like they're from New York, talking like they're from right. Midwest. Right, like, right, like, right. like they're... <clears throat> hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like they're one of us, even though you know that they're not from here. 
you know, in a whole different, a mm. whole different language is correct, which is pretty neat. I don't know how often people think about. It. We like to think about like speaking in tongues and something, mm -hmm. even that you don't understand or something. But yeah, like right. no, they were, language or something. They were speaking a language yeah. in the dialect of a particular region, and those people were being attracted mm. to the conversations that right. was happening, which was the gospel. They were sharing the gospel, what Jesus mm. had, Jesus yes. had done, and so then we see the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them and and uh, working to open the eyes of the blind. Mm -hmm. See, we see, what does it say, 3,000? Yeah. More than 3,000, yeah. does it say men or people? I, can't I think remember. it was men. It's men, it seems like, because uh, Peter explicitly addresses them as men of Judea. Okay. And they, yeah. it would have been probably mostly men who would have been pilgrims yeah. to Jerusalem at this time. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. But, I mean, that's the, I think that's the most common yeah. parts of the story that mm -hmm. people would remember, probably especially mm -hmm. the fire. The fire. Yeah, the mighty rushing wind. That's yeah. kind of neat. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so how would you describe the disciples before Pentecost? How would you describe them as followers of Jesus and as men and their characteristics and things like that? <sighs> They'd had some ups and downs. I mean, um, I, being honest, I mean, I think a lot of us bef before the resurrection view them as ignorant. Like, you're with Jesus, and he's saying all this stuff, and you just aren't getting it. It seems like you're not getting it. And then he gets arrested, and you're all confused, and you're running around. Like, yeah. He told you this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is unfair, I think, yeah. to, to put that on them. But we do kind of feel that way. Yeah. And then um, the resurrection comes. There's a lot of confusion of mm -hmm. what's happening. You know, there's a lot of wondering, mm -hmm. how can this be? Uh, so then they're getting seem to be getting acquainted with Jesus again mm -hmm. for a while. He's around for 40 days. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they see him ascend on high, and he gives them this task to go to Jerusalem, right? Yeah. You're going you're gonna to tell people, and the Holy Spirit is going to come, mm -hmm. right? And there's mm -hmm. going to be power. And so mm -hmm. I would have to think when they, because they're in that upper room praying, there's still got to be a lot of uncertainty. You know, mm -hmm. what is this? What does all this mean? Who's, what's the helper? What's, mm -hmm. right? you know, how are we going to share right. with yeah. Everybody, yeah. it's got to be a. It had to be a interesting time. Yeah, those days them. in between yeah. his ascension and uh -huh. the yeah. spirits coming. Yeah. yeah, I think we have to say that they are Christians, though. Yes. Uh, the passage that we read on Sunday from Luke twenty-four says that when Christ appeared to the the disciples in, yeah. the, in the room, that he opened their eyes yes. to the scriptures yes. to understand the scriptures, mm -hmm. which. <clears throat> to my understanding, means that they understand what mm -hmm. Christ did on the cross sure. and what he did in ra right. raising from the dead. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, so, I, I mean, you can't say that they're non-believers at this, at no, this point. No. So, no, yeah. so when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not their regeneration. Correct. So I, I just wanted to yeah, that's good. point that out. That's good. This is the empowerment, empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yes. his, of his church. Because <clears throat> um, without Pentecost, without the Holy Spirit, no... When they went to speak to people and shared the gospel, there would have been nothing happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People would have heard, but nothing. There would have been no results. You wouldn't have seen three thousand come, right? Because you got the Holy Spirit's got to lead in that yeah. and work through mm -hmm. the individual. But that hadn't been yeah. given yet, so and that's the power. And, and Pentecost is uh, is like Calvary in the sense in which the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Jesus says Abraham was looking forward to my day mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. was greeting it. They understood at some level there was going to be somebody to come who was going to rescue the world. God was going to work through him somehow. And I think if they would have looked at the uh, at the way God had consistently revealed that there was going to be some 
there was going to be a suffering. We remember the original promise, you will bruise his heel, mm -hmm. but he will bruise your head. So they yeah. knew some kind of suffering atonement thing. I think they had some concept of it, but it was very hazy. But then when Jesus comes, <clears throat> in light of that, there's this, it's not that they didn't believe in it before, but it became, oh, okay. And similarly here with Pentecost, it's, it's a similar kind of an event. O Old Testament saints had the Holy Spirit, but there's this new coming with the age of the spirit in which his work is is uh is known to a degree never before hence known mm -hmm. he was active in the old testament but it's a whole uh, new degree and expansion of his work as they take the gospel eventually <clears throat> to the nations in the age of the spirit mm -hmm. um, with pentecost it's interesting jesus before <clears throat> pentecost tells them don't do anything <laughs> yeah don't don't go out, just stay in Jerusalem, stay in that room until I come. You know, it's kind of like you, you're, tell, mm -hmm. you're, gonna, you're gonna mess this up if you go <laughs> out and try to start preaching right now. <laughs> just wait for me, wait for me to send the Spirit and then he'll, then it'll take care of itself. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's Peter who, because remember Pentecost, okay, let's talk about Pentecost real quick. Pentecost means 50 days, right? There was, there's this 50 days between Passover and Pentecost happening. Um, the, day, the day of Pentecost happening. Pentecost was in the Old Testament. It is the uh, feast where they would celebrate the first fruits. So it was tied to the agricultural cycle. So, and, uh, so whereas Passover celebrated their independence, their um, coming and redemption from Egypt through the blood of the lamb in the Old Testament, uh, Pentecost, the feast of uh, the first fruits, was to meant to take the first fruits of my harvest and offer them to God. To remember that all I get comes from Him. Interestingly, though, later on in Jewish uh, history, Pentecost becomes associated with the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Hmm. So, Pente so Passover is associated with their redemption. Pentecost, for some reason or another, and I don't know why, but it became associated with God speaking. His Ten Commandments huh. on They Sinai. assume that was 50 days after they came out of Egypt? I mean, is that... I don't know if it was that or if it's just kind of like, in a sense, it's the next logical big event that right. happens. Mm, yeah. So I don't know why, um, but that's interesting because uh, you you wonder, all of these Jews that show up on Pentecost are have these ideas of God speaking from Sinai mm. in their minds, perhaps. Yeah. And now God is going to speak from Mount Zion through Peter now <laughs> in a new sermon mm. about this Jesus figure who's greater than Moses. Mm. Um, and I, so I don't know, I mean, maybe <laughs> we're going on on limbs there, but that's just an interesting little tidbit to think about. And so you've got all these guys that show up from all over the world, um, all over the Jewish uh, dispersion had, uh, was, was quite extensive. In my research, it was interesting. A majority of Jews in Jesus's time lived outside of Palestine. Mm. Mm. So Saul was from outside of Palestine. Um, when uh, Remember whenever uh, Jesus is carrying the cross, we're told a man named Simon of Cyrene. Cyrene. He was from North Africa. Um, and uh, he came and was a pilgrim. So all these Jews from all over the world are coming, and that's where it gets into the languages thing. Mm -hmm. so all these Jewish men and proselytes who were Gentiles who had converted to Judaism mm -hmm. fully um, are coming here, and then they're... They're uh, coming to, with perhaps Sinai on their minds, and then all of a sudden, as we pointed out, the uh, the spirit the spirit descends. 
Um, we're told he comes like, uh, and, and you can read about this in Acts chapter 2. Um, the, all the, the disciples of, of Christ are all together. Um, there's a sound that comes from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. It fills the whole house. They have divided tongues as a fire. Uh, they are all filled with the Holy Spirit. They begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives them uh, utterance. Now, at first, all these guys, and we're, it's interesting, uh, Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, in verse 9 and 10 and 11, lists to us uh, all these various groups of people from all over mm -hmm. the place, all these Jews from all the different places that they've come to, and they're hearing all of their languages. And at first they're shocked, but then what's their second reaction? Oh, uh, it's that they think amazed. That guy, they're amazed, and then they yeah, think, I think he's drunk. Don't you guys are intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are drunk. Um, Did you talk at all? I'm not trying to cut us off. Did no, you talk about the historical reason for the dispersion, the Jewish dispersion? Yeah, yeah. We um, so the previous class we talked about um, the background. Uh huh. Um, obviously, with the Jews being exiled in the Old Testament, some of them never left Mesopotamia. They stayed, right. like we think about Mordecai and yeah. Esther. Mm -hmm. They never came they back. Never, yeah. Some Jews, like we read in Jeremiah, remember he uh, he was he was kidnapped and taken to Egypt. There was a very large Jewish population in Egypt and in Alexandria, mm -hmm. the city of mm -hmm. Alexandria, um, and throughout all of these different things with Alexander the Great coming and all these empires and all that stuff, Jews were shifted all over the place. Um, sometimes, you know, they they just would have spread and it's fascinating there was actually a very large Jewish population in Rome hmm. uh, one scholar I read said that there were between 40,000 to 60,000 Jews in Rome wow. at the time of the New Testament era hmm. and there's evidence of 11 Jewish synagogues in Rome and some Roman Jews hmm. that we know about in the New Testament are Priscilla and Aquila mm -hmm. because we're told that they meet Paul I believe in Corinth and the reason they're there is because they, the Jews under, I'm assuming, uh, the Emperor Claudius in about AD 49 had been kicked out of Rome uh, by him. The Jews had been multiple times were kicked out of Rome by the emperors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they had a very sizable contingent hmm. of, of Jews in Rome. Um, and, uh, and similarly, there's, there's some connection in the book of Hebrews with Italy. We told about those hmm. who are in Italy. And so some people... Was it written to Rome, right. or is it written from Rome? Mm, yeah. You know, like there's yeah. some there's some discussion about what that means, but there does seem to be, mm. interestingly enough, the book that's the epistle to the Hebrews has some connection to Italy, mm. to Rome again. So, mm -hmm. I just uh, that's a little bit of the background, but yeah, they're they're spread all over, um, all over the the known world at this mm -hmm. time. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But one of the interesting things again about God's providence with that is that it provided a ready, ba ready built-in base of operations right. for mm. Paul to go and also to acquaint these Gentiles at some level with the Old Testament religion mm -hmm. uh, all over the known world so that they at least had some acquaintance with who these Jews were. They may have not liked them, mm -hmm. but they at least knew something about it. And so then it gave, uh, in God's providence, a launching point for the gospel to go forth. <laughs> So we're told um, the Spirit is poured out upon Peter. Um, Peter preaches his sermon. He says that um, the uh, <clears throat> prophecy of, of Joel in Joel chapter 2 has been fulfilled, that God is pouring his Spirit upon all flesh. Um, and he points out that 
and remember, it's only been 50 days, within 50 days that Jesus has been crucified and risen. Mm -hmm. And he's preaching to them and telling them, uh, you know, and I don't know this, but I wonder if many of them had hung around from Passover, if they're, if they're pilgrims, they don't want to go all the way back to Rome or right, wherever. Yeah. They, they may have probably couldn't do it that quick, honestly. Right. So it's like, I'm just going to hang around in Jerusalem till Pentecost again. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe some of them saw that stuff. And then they're saying, you know, this Jesus that was just crucified, you know, a month and a half ago, he's risen up and God has made mm -hmm. him the king of Israel. Mm -hmm. He is the Christ and the Lord, the son mm -hmm. of David, greater than David. And, uh, and, uh, and so he's poured out this that you're seeing and hearing. And therefore they, they say, brothers, what shall we do? Well, come back to God, repent, believe the message, mm -hmm. be baptized, and you're going to receive the forgiveness of your sins. Mm -hmm. um, a wonderful, a wonderful work of, of God's grace. Any thoughts about Peter's message or? Um, I mean, I, I, I've been pointed to Peter's message a lot just in talking about, you know, what is the gospel? Like what are, yeah. when you're sharing, when you're trying to share the gospel with somebody, what, you know, what do you say? What do you leave out? Like in yeah. the sermons we've been talking about, well, yeah. Christ crucified, yeah. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Sure. But we know you have, you say more than that to yeah. somebody. And if you read, you know, chapter two of Acts, if you read Peter's sermon and mm -hmm. what he says, you get a pretty good synopsis of yeah. some Old Testament yeah. stuff connected with, yeah. with Christ and what that means. You know, and, and really, there's nothing extremely special about the message, like mm. overboard. It's just you see, you see the Holy Spirit work and and yeah. what He said, which mm -hmm. He just He just spoke truth. This is yep. who Jesus is. You know, this is what He did. And like you said, a, a, some of them people there probably saw it. Yeah, because we're told everybody in Jerusalem knew what was going on, right? right. The ladies, yeah. when they didn't recognize, was it the lady or whoever? They didn't recognize Jesus. And they're like, what, are you not from around here? Yeah. You don't know what happened. Everybody yeah. knows what happened. Like, there's this yeah. understanding. Right. Um, right. And we just see God really, really do a powerful thing through him. Mm -hmm. So I would just point that out. You know, if people are curious, that's a good thing of the gospel. And Stephen does later in yeah. Acts. Yeah. His is longer. <laughs> His is a little longer. Uh, goes through some more things. Correct. But, um, another good example of that. Yeah. Matt, any thoughts? No, just simply, even though Christ is ascended and not no longer on earth, is he's still being mm. uh, uh, given glory and yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny? <laughs> through I like, the Holy Spirit. Well, and also Peter says <laughs> it's not that Jesus isn't working. He says he's just working from heaven. Now. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's yeah. actually he's moved on yeah. up. Yeah. It's where, what does he say at the very beginning of his epistle? This is at uh, thirty. This Jesus raised up. We're all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. Is I, that what you're talking about? No, I was actually thinking in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, oh. where he says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began oh, Luke, both what Luke to said. do and Luke, teach. Gotcha. So what he's saying is, is what I told you about in Luke's gospel is just simply what Jesus began to do and mm. teach. Mm -hmm. yeah. And now, yeah. through the Spirit, he's still working, yeah. and he's still alive. And that's such a comfort yeah. to us as Christians. Um uh, that whenever Jesus is proclaimed from the, the text of Scripture, Jesus is t working through the Spirit. Yep. He's present. He said, I'm going to be with you. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. wasn't joking about that. That wasn't just like, you know, just think about me. Yeah. No, he's like, I'm there. <laughs> mm -hmm. We don't think about that, but he's there. And he mm -hmm. shows himself throughout Acts mm -hmm. yeah. to be ruling and reigning and doing yeah. stuff. I, Tim, one of the phrases you mm -hmm. say, I've, it stuck with me, is that Jesus is alive and well. 
<laughs> and just it's kind of humorous because we sometimes think about I, he's not know, just alive he's, he's not just he's, breathing he's, he's doing well you know it's not like and i i used to say uh, i remember i've said before jesus isn't didn't go up to heaven just to lay out on a couch till the next day yeah he's just waiting for the father yeah say, okay all now right it's time go. Oh, yeah wait till the next time when i show back up <laughs> till then but no he's he's ruling and reigning and saving souls yeah. from heaven yeah um yeah. i mean that's just a wonderful comfort yeah. to us think, and he does it through yeah. the spirit I think the evidence of that is even seen in Peter's sermon mm -hmm. it's so Christ exalting yeah it's yeah. you know it, like you guys are saying it's purely the gospel yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, it, and he preaches law you guys killed him yeah yeah, like that. yeah. and he preaches gospel yeah. but good news is is yeah. uh, God raised him up and they're kind of scared right because if they're hearing this and they're thinking oh my goodness we killed the king of Israel we killed the son of David yeah we killed the Lord in Christ yeah it's interesting because he never he, he never really lays out to them are you ready to respond no to this <laughs> message? I mean yeah. he never does that right. he, yeah. he ends with this Jesus whom you crucified right so like in taking like a preaching class or like a, right. a class on giving speeches to public you're not a, trying to accuse them of, you know, it's like, yeah, right. he's doing the opposite here, but he's speaking the truth. He's saying, this mm -hmm. Jesus whom you crucified. And their response yeah. was then, what do we do then? Mm -hmm. yeah. It goes very much against how we try to yeah. share the gospel with people now. And I'm not for being mean and rude mm -hmm. to people, right. or calling people jerks, but just to be honest, like right. your, he died because your sin. I mean, he had yeah. to, your sin right. put him right. there. Right. You're at fault. Mm -hmm. You're just as guilty yeah. And then we hope that their response through through the power of the Holy Spirit yep. is, mm -hmm. well, then what in the world can I do? Yeah. We do have what? an answer for that. In light yeah. of this, what yeah. do we do? Yeah, what do we and do? I mean, you even see the Holy Spirit's work right there. I mean, you you quoted 36, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this <coughs> Jesus whom you crucified. And then 37, now when they heard this, they were cut yeah. to the heart. Like, that's the Holy Spirit right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Circumcision right. of the heart. Right. Take place. <coughs> right. Right. He will yeah. convict them of their sins. And, uh, yeah, the scales fall from their <coughs> eyes, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and uh, he tells them, repent, which mm -hmm. has the idea of, you know, come back to God, change your mind, yep. but, but return to me. That's yep. a key term in the Old yep. Testament for repentance. Come back, return mm -hmm. to me. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, mm -hmm. for the forgiveness of your sins. You receive the gift of the Spirit. And then in verse 39, there's a verse that's mentioned there. And I don't know that they understood the full implication <laughs> of what they were saying. It's based off of the, uh, it's kind of, it's tied to the verse where Jesus, or, or where the uh, uh, Peter says, and it shall come to pass that whoever Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then he says, for the promise is to you and to your children, so it's to the Israelites, mm -hmm. and to all who are afar off. Mm. Yeah. And there was so much in that phrase, and to all who are afar off, that the, the church's history in Acts is going to unfold. Mm -hmm. They didn't realize the full implications yet of yeah. what that meant. Um, and Peter would struggle with it. He struggled with it, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, and and, and you, you think, right? Yeah, you think that some of the apostles are like, Peter, you actually you actually said that. <laughs> you know, do I need to, oh, what? Oh, yeah. I didn't say that, did I? Um, but, but yeah, exactly. The, the full un unfolding of what this actually means, the implications are going to blow their minds. They don't, Peter, at this point, does not even know the implications of what he's preaching. Right. But it's true, yeah. but he doesn't understand it fully yet. Mm. And we're going to see that beautifully uh, illustrated to us in the history of the church in, in Acts. So 
My brothers, what shall we do? We're saved. 3,000 men, it seems like probably these were men, were added that day to the, to the church. Um, and the church lives now in the age of the Spirit. And at this point, Christianity is largely centered in and around Jerusalem uh, at, this, at this point. One of the things that's interesting uh, before we go on that I, I pointed out in the class is that <clears throat> at this point and, and until the Christian, until the, the believers are in Antioch, they never thought of themselves as Christians, mm. the, the Christ people, because that was a term that was, that was used derogatory. By, yeah, that was a term that's used, it seems like, by outsiders to describe us. Mm -hmm. They never described themselves really as Christians. Not that that's a bad term, yeah. but it's just an interesting thing. They thought of themselves at this point as the true continuation of Israel. Mm -hmm. We're the ones who have embraced the Old Testament faith. The God of mm -hmm. Israel has done this now through Jesus Fulfilled Christ. Yeah. yeah, so we're actually the ones following, because at this point, the church is just Jews. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're following the Old Testament religion right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's important to remember uh, just because of what <clears throat> what was in their minds mm -hmm. at this point. And we're going to see this new people of God is amazingly going to include a bunch of people who are non-Jews, uh, much to their surprise. Is there any thoughts about that before we move on to the second well, thing? I mean, we're going to talk about that more in our next episode, right, with the yeah. Jerusalem Council. Yeah. But you see, because, I mean, they're, they're, they're still seeing themselves as good Jews, and so how are we... How are we melting this with the Old yeah. Testament law and all stuff? But then Correct. what Jesus did, right? And so that's when they're saying, well, you still got to be circumcised. You still got to. <laughs> right. still yeah. But it shows their Jewishness. Yeah. It's yeah. still very real. And yeah. they're saying, they're trying to they didn't just work it out that. in their head. No, they're, but they're trying to work it out in their head because they're not saying we're not Jews anymore. Right. No, I'm absolutely still Jewish. And right. We're still following this faith. Right. Just, yeah. Right. So right. Yeah, that's a good, re that's a good yeah. reminder, I think, for people to, to right. remember. Right. We well, I mean, that's the whole. And also remember that we don't have the new, Peter didn't have the New Testament. So at this point, all he's saying is, is everything that our scriptures, me and us Jews believe, mm -hmm. God has fulfilled. Yeah. 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 It's like happening in our right, time. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. read it in the yeah. past. It's it's happening right now. Joel and yeah. David said this, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Promises. He's quoting them. <laughs> yeah, he's quoting them. Remember our Old Testament saints, our forefathers, they said this was going to mm -hmm. happen. Right. And, um. Paul will use that same argument when he talks about Abraham or talks about mm -hmm. the cup. For Paul, he's like, I just, since I've come to know Christ, I actually understand what that book's about now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand it before, but now I do. Mm -hmm. um, sure. And Jesus, likewise, would, would yeah. say that throughout. So, all right, well, let's move on. Um, lots of important stuff happens, mm. uh, even stuff that we don't know about that's not even written in, in the text of Scripture. The second important event, though, that happens is the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Um, and I've got here, this was the thing, Saul of Tarsus was a most unlikely convert who became Christianity's most zealous <laughs> proponent. Um, Saul uh, of Tarsus, that's uh, his Jewish name, Saul. Remember, he's from the tribe of Benjamin, so mm -hmm. maybe his parents named him after... King Saul. Yeah, mm -hmm. the most well-known Benjamite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, from their tribe. His Roman name was Paul. He's from the city of Tarsus. Um, it's a city in Asia Minor. And the city of, of, of Tarsus was really like a, what we might think of as a university or a college town. Hmm. It was very it was a place where educated people were. Um, uh, you know, we, we just had that feel about it. Eventually, he, was, uh, he, he grew up in a Jewish family, though. He calls himself a Hebrew of Hebrews. Hmm. He sent... 
uh, to Jerusalem at some point to study the law under the scholar Gamaliel, who uh, was a very highly respected uh, rabbi, teacher, scholar. So Paul is probably would have had a, uh, he would have, that was his seminary training, his, he would have had a PhD in Jewish studies or whatever, sure. you know, like he sure. was very well educated. And one of the things we're told about Paul, and Paul makes clear, is he is deeply, deeply committed to his Jewish heritage. Mm-hmm. He loves the Old Testament scriptures. He loves the law. He is zealous for God's will to be done. He believes that that um, salvation is found through obedience to the one true God. And um, so here's a man who I think we want to try to be empathetic to at least understand where his mindset was. He was deeply committed to the faith of his fathers as he understood it and as he had been taught. It meant everything to him. It was his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's, he, he says, I was zealous for God. I had a zeal for God. And so it's interesting, the first time that, that Paul shows up, though, Saul of Tarsus, is in Acts chapter, is it eight, at the very beginning eight, of eight? Seven or eight. Yeah, yeah, eight, and at the very end of seven. Uh, it's at the end of seven with Stephen. <coughs> Stephen. Yeah. And uh, does anybody want to talk real quick about uh, Stephen, real quick? What was the context with Stephen? I mean, he's the first martyr mm-hmm. that we see, yeah. right? And he yeah. gets arrested, uh, but he doesn't back down. And so chapter 7 of Acts is a pretty long chapter, but it's his sermon, really, yeah. in front of... It's funny because he's in front of, like, religious leaders, and he yeah. tells them their history. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He walks them through their history of what... I mean, if I would have been one of them religious leaders, like, we know this. Move on. I mean, yeah. come on, get past this. Yeah. But he, he's getting to a point. You know, there's yeah. a reason he walks them through Abraham and through Moses and talks yeah. about David. He he does all this stuff, and it's he kind of sounds like Peter because in 51, he mm-hmm. says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and mm-hmm. ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand mm-hmm. the coming of the righteous mm-hmm. one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Yeah. Right? Again, he's not like proclaiming, please come and accept Christ. <laughs> no. we, it's, this is what has happened. This is what you guys did. Because he's probably standing amongst people who... He's on trial. Yeah, but he, and he's yeah. standing amongst those who did... Right. Crab right. Jesus. Like, he was brought yeah. to the... Yeah. yeah, the ones who probably struck him and cried yeah. blasphemy, right? Right. That's, that's the people he's talking to. And so, hmm. man, what a, what a scary situation mm-hmm. to be in. Yet he doesn't back down in his faith at all. He doesn't water it down. He just tells right. them the truth. Right. And so, you know, we see that um, they pick up stones. They're so mad at him. They pick up stones. Um, hmm. It says they ground their teeth at him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hmm. but it says, it's kind of cool because... Stephen there says, you know, the Holy Spirit allows him to see something else. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, you see the grace of God in the midst of mm. somebody who was very faithful. Mm. And he's about to get stoned, which has to be a horrible, yeah. horrible mm-hmm. death. And, but it says he doesn't see that, yeah. right? He, mm-hmm. sees, he sees his Savior. And mm. so he seems to be at peace. But mm-hmm. we get a, li- uh, a little tidbit there that before they start throwing the rocks, because I don't know if any of you are athletes, but it's hard to throw right in the long sleeve. you got to take off, get that, <laughs> get it. And what do they do? They put their coat, they take off their coat, and they're getting loose. Yeah. Where? In front of somebody named Saul. Saul. 
they put there. their coats uh, down at Saul's. Right. So Saul's like the guy holding the coats, like, right. yeah, come on, yeah. give me your coat so you guys can get a better thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And he was all for it. Yeah. That's our first introduction right. To, right. to Saul. He heard Stephen's message. Yeah. He's heard the gospel very clearly, yeah. but he's against it. Yeah. yeah. Right. One, one of the things I, I, it's it fascinating yeah. about this is um, Stephen... This, this whole incident starts in a synagogue called the Synagogue of the Freedmen. Mm -hmm. And it seems to have been a Hellenistic synagogue, which means these were Hellenistic Jews. They were Greek-speaking Jews. Mm -hmm. In distinction from Hebrews, we were Aramaic-speaking Jews. So he's there in the synagogue, and we're told that in the synagogue, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, Paul is from, I believe, Cilicia. Tarsus is. Mm -hmm. So Paul may well have gone to this synagogue. And disputed. I mean, they might even argued with him. Right. He could have been in there. We know he likes to debate. This. I mean, we see that later in his right. life, right? I mean, he wasn't afraid to go to smart it's people true. and Correct. debate. So. It's true. And what is his accusations? He's, he's, Stephen attacks Moses. He attacks the law. Mm -hmm. He attacks the temple. And he says, Jesus is going to come and wipe all this stuff out. Right. Well, Jesus had prophesied in the, the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back. This this uh, this temple will be destroyed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be leveled. The whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so you could imagine that would really irritate some people. <laughs> sure. And then, like you said, Paul. So notice Stephen is attacking everything that Paul holds dear: mm -hmm. the law, Moses, the temple, the system. Mm -hmm. And then the very end, Stephen's message, I think, would have would have pierced him. He says, uh, "You killed the just one, the righteous one, of whom you have become the betrayers and murderers." He says, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept mm. it. Mm -hmm. What's Paul's biggest thing that he says convicted him? I couldn't keep the law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy, Stephen, who says, none of you can keep the law. <laughs> none of you have it. You received it by angels. You, you know it all. You know all the commandments. But not a single one of you do the commandments. Yeah. And I think there's a good chance that that stinging rebuke hung in Paul's head. Mm hung in his head for a while. Well, I think that still holds true today of why there's so much pushback <clears throat> against the gospel message is because of the truth of it yeah. and the reality that people, you can't avoid it. When the gospel's right. shared correctly, yeah. you know, saying, go obey the law. Right. You don't think that you need a savior, then go obey the law and do good, and you can. Go for it. Even people who think they're doing good, not even by biblical standards, mm. but by worldly standards, mm -hmm. We fall short of the worldly standards of doing yeah. good. Yes. We can't even do yes. that. Yes. You know, I can't, I can't love the earth like I'm supposed to. You know, they tell me to do, and then love my neighbors. How again? The world says I'm supposed to, right. or, or you know, respect my government. I can't do all of that right. perfectly, even right. in the world standards. Right. And so, the next, right. the natural reaction I think to somebody telling you that you fail is to push against mm. it. Yeah. I mean, some would crumble under that, um, but but for many, it's. No, they're not right. Shut up. You know, get out of here. I don't want to hear you because right. what, you, but it's really a conviction because I don't think it's something any of us can avoid. We just know that that's yeah. real. And so yeah. it's not, I don't find it odd that they picked up stone. I mean, it was in their law if they thought it was against God, right, to kill too. So maybe that's part yeah. of it. But I think the natural thing is like, what you're saying doesn't agree with me, right. even though I know it's true. Right. Right. I've got to do something about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so right. to think that it's odd that it happened there, I mean, it still happens today, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. this is this is very common response to the gospel. Maybe they don't yeah. kill the person, right. but they don't want to hear it. Just get right. out of get out of here. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get away from me. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point though, Tim, because even the laws, even if it's not God's law, the laws that we set up for ourselves, we, none of us meet, we don't even meet our own standards. I know. None of us yeah. do. We don't even meet the standards we set yeah. for ourselves um, because we're broken. We're, 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 so we're sinners. We, mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. We, we do that all the time. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, for Saul of Tarsus at this point, um, he attacks Stephen because Stephen has attacked everything everything about mm-hmm. he believes mm-hmm. yeah so we're told that he's going around he's killing he's arresting christians he's breathing threats and murder we're told he goes around throws them into prison until eventually uh acts nine he gets some letters from the priests so that way he can go to the synagogues of damascus and um and notice what christianity was called the way um so that he could find any of those people who were of the way hmm. um whether men or women and he might bring them bound to Jerusalem for trial, so Saul is is a he's a zealous persecutor. Of we should the start calling Christianity that. This the is way. The, this is the way. The way. Hey, <laughs> seems to be Mando. <laughs> he seems to be. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be extremely trusted too by yes the Jews. Yeah. you know, yeah. and by these people to right. give him this task. I, I can't. I mean, he's not on his own in doing this. You know, no. he's being commissioned. Right. And so they trust, you know, his integrity. They trust his wisdom and knowledge to know mm-hmm. that these aren't real Jewish people. They're, right. they're doing this. So he must, he must also know quite a bit about the way to be able to interrogate, right. to be able to see and to figure right. out. I mean, he just heard it from right. Stephen. Right. He's probably studied it, right? Yeah. So there's, it's not like he's just some ignorant guy about what is the faith. He's, yeah. he's probably very well versed right. in it. I mean, I don't know where Saul was during the crucifixion and all that. I have no idea uh-huh. where he was. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can speak mm-hmm. to that really, but mm-hmm. um, he knows about that, no doubt. I mean, he's heard of it. Right. Um, right. And, and we just see yeah. him being commissioned to go go and get these mm-hmm. right. people. And now, in, like you said, in chapter 9, we see him on his way to his next destination right. Right. to do it again. And then all of a sudden... A bright light shines from heaven. <laughs> it's a, it's the it's a, a, a bright light had shone from heaven with the shepherds in Luke chapter mm. two. Mm-hmm. A yeah. light shone around them. Well, now the light shines around these guys. Mm. And uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. Who are you, Lord? And then he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Notice. <laughs> One of the things that's amazing to me is the Lord Jesus appears to him, addresses him by name, mm-hmm. and Saul right away, because this is whenever you know that you've really met the Lord, I guess, and, and you know, we always hear people say, I saw Jesus or whatever. But when Saul saw him right away, even though Saul is there to go kill the Christians or to arrest them, he says, who are you, Lord? You're the, Saul, you're the one in charge here. Mm. He right away recognized that. My life is not my own. And, and also, it, it reminds me of, you remember those, those verses, the verse like in Philippians where Paul would say, um, I want to make Jesus my own because he has made me his own. The Lord Jesus, Paul's conversion was such that the Lord Jesus seized him, grabbed him, so to speak, and plucked him from one life. And it was a radical conversion for mm-hmm. him. But, and, and also, for Paul, he couldn't really distinguish I mean, I'm sure he could mentally, but really, for him, it all happened. His, his uh, conversion to Jesus Christ as a Christ, as a believer, but also his selection as being an apostle. Because mm-hmm. the Lord tells Ananias later on, um, "He's my chosen instrument to mm-hmm. take 
the gospel to uh, the mm -hmm. Gentiles. So um, notice how the people with Paul didn't see. Yeah. They stood speechless, it said, and they heard yeah. something. Yeah. They knew something <clears throat> was going on, but they didn't see, hmm. you know, and you see that in other places in scripture when like the father would speak mm -hmm. with Jesus that people heard something, but they didn't know hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. and right. You know, was it? earthquake or thunder they would yeah. say these types of things or even with Moses on the mountain God's talking to him and whatever mm -hmm. for them it's thunder and clashing right. to everybody else it just shows God's specific nature of mm -hmm. he opened Paul's eyes to see him yeah yeah did not do that with right. the, other the other people guys. There. right that right. was not for them yeah. right he opened moment. them by shutting them. by shutting yeah, that's kind of <laughs> cool yeah um, <laughs> but I just think that's yeah. so telling yeah. you know we we see that like I said, yeah. in other places, yeah. and it's because it wasn't for it wasn't for them to know or to understand yeah, it yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, it probably had to feel pretty uh, <laughs> helpless for Saul too. Yeah, uh, he was a leader, right? Right. I'm going to this place, right, on his horse or whatever it was, going wherever he's right, going, right. and now all of a sudden he's blind. He can't get anywhere, and he's being told to go find this person who he doesn't know, yeah. who's going to <laughs> help him, and he's got to rely on these people he's traveling with to take him wherever right. he's going. You know, but at the same time, he's just been miraculously saved, and he, but he knows that. Yeah, he knows that some right. that that has happened. You know, so it's not right. like he's just ignorant. Right. He knows he's been changed. He knows the truth has been revealed to him, but he's in this completely helpless state. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. of now what. <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's fascinating. Maybe too, that right? was to help his pride. Probably <laughs> so. I think <laughs> it was. <laughs> sure. I know. Yeah, I mean, and Ananias says, right, Lord. Yeah, poor Ananias. Right, like, right. wait, what? <laughs> hey, time out here. <laughs> he could kill me at any moment. Time out, right? Uh, <laughs> Who did you say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. What did you say that again, please? Uh, yeah, no, I want you to go see Paul. He, or Saul of Tarsus. He's there. Yeah. Um, you know, Saul was. Uh, it's almost like Clint Eastwood coming into a town, right? He was yeah. going to come in and clear out the town. Uh -huh. and like, what in the world you're asking me to do this? And he does. Um, and I love it. Ananias right away. What does he come in the house and how does he address Saul? Brother, Brother Saul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right away. Right away you're in. The Lord <laughs> Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Spirit. You could see. And then when he was baptized, he right was away. baptized. Mm -hmm. um, and what did they say? Well, yeah, he ate. he ate some food and uh, stays in Damascus. And then you could imagine all of a sudden, uh, I wonder what he did with those papers that were sent to him from the chief priests, whatever he, <laughs> you know, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Because he's in the synagogue at Damascus, but he's mm -hmm. he shows up and uh, starts saying that Jesus Christ is the Son yeah. of God. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what in the world is happening? But one of the things uh, that is wonderful about Saul of Tarsus is that he will be used... Um, better known as Paul, um, to take the gospel mm -hmm. to people outside of Israel. Yeah. The people that he probably most despised, he's going to be taking the gospel to them and actually will become their 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 biggest fan, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it's yeah. like the opposite yeah. of Jonah. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Jonah is sent and has nothing That's to do funny. and cries and whines the whole right. time he yeah. sees right. salvation being poured out right. on the land. Right. But not... Paul, I mean, no. and it said he's going to suffer for my sake. And yeah. Paul does that really out of love of the Gentiles, doesn't yes. he? Yeah. He's willing to suffer for them. Mm -hmm. And he suffers for the Jewish people, too. He does. We see, we see his love for his people in yes. Romans. When yeah. He would yeah. say, I would right. I would be a curse for them right. to understand. Right. Right. And see, but 
Um, it is kind of fascinating too that the Lord in His providence and His plan chose probably the biggest expert in Jewish religion <laughs> to be the one to go take the gospel to the Gentiles. Yeah. You would have thought it would have been the other way. We want the Jewish expert to bring the gospel to the Jews, mm -hmm. but it's the, the opposite. Yeah. But Paul did always pretty much go to the synagogues first right. and talk to the <clears throat> Jewish people. Yeah. And then when he got kicked he out of there or whatever, he, did. he would yeah. go He would go off. And, and he but, was from Tarsus originally, which yeah, was uh -huh. outside of Israel. But we see, I mean, I think there's a reason that God used him to pen quite a bit of the New Testament, mm -hmm. where we mm -hmm. see a lot of theology being yeah. unfolded and things yeah. explained. Um, it took a master of yeah. the Old Testament yeah. law right. to be able to explain the stuff that yeah. he explained to mm -hmm. help us. To help us, even still to this day, yeah. to understand yeah. justification, mm -hmm. to understand mm -hmm. what sacrifice was and how that connects to Jesus and our yeah. need for yeah. that, you right. know, and how all this happens. It, it took a master of that, uh, you know, to right. do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Paul, I don't know this, but I wonder, you know, Paul was studying and um, maybe he was hoping that some of his sayings would be recorded by the Jewish uh, <laughs> leaders, you know, like, you know, remember Rabbi Saul, he said this. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. And, you know, because in your pride, you're always wanting to be remembered. You're wanting to make a difference. And little did he know that his writings would make more, would be more significant than any rabbi's writings have ever, ever, ever been. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to blow it out of the water <laughs> whenever he does this. I mean, Paul is an amazing, you're right, like, whenever you read Paul, um, and that's where we get to the fact that he was a preacher of Jesus Christ and him crucified. I think one of the things about Paul is that he, more than anybody else in the New Testament, I mean, apart from Christ, obviously, but he was able to understand how Christianity worked. Yeah, it says so. Right? So it says, so he's in Damascus, right? That's where he right. goes. Mm -hmm. And it says he goes to the synagogue. Right. And he starts to proclaim Jesus and people are... Right. Still at this time, like, aren't you the one killing everybody? Right. Yeah. But, but verse 22, but Saul increased all the more in strength mm. and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving Jesus was the Christ. So this mm. this poor rabbi of Damascus who's in charge of the synagogue, you know. We got Gamaliel's disciple here. Yeah. Tell me, here's Paul, and he's like trying to fight against Paul. He's like, he knows way more about my faith than I do. What do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> and so what do they do? Let's kill him. I mean, I don't have any. That's what they say. Yeah. Let's kill him. Yeah. And so he's got to escape. He's got to get out. It's because right. they right. can't use their words to prove him wrong. No. I mean, he yeah. he no. knows the law better than them. Any anything they bring at him, yeah. he's like, oh yeah, but have you ever read? Him? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. What about yeah. this? Right. You know, yeah. Just right. 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 Missing everything. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you see the sovereignty of God in that of who mm -hmm. He's chosen, who yeah. He yeah. who He picked, and Paul's the one later who's going to say. God uses the least of us, mm. the most yeah. ignorant to compete. Yeah. But really, I mean, when we look at Paul, we're like, man, you were right. one of the geniuses. You were really smart. Mm. And right. There's a reason God chose you and, and he used humble. you. And, yeah. But he is. We see his mm. humility. Yeah. You know? He says, a thorn in the flesh was also yeah. given to me. Mm -hmm. It's because he, he was given such great revelations, yep. uh, great spiritual experiences, but then thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and you see Paul consistently hammering throughout the letters, love each other, bear with each other, take mm -hmm. care of each other. Probably, and, and part of that may have been because that was the total opposite of what he would have been normally <laughs> beforehand. He was not probably a gentle guy by mm. nature. 
you know. He's holding the coats of those killed right. people. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. being now, sent, so there's got to be a re... I mean, you don't yeah. send the weakling right. to go kill the Christians. <laughs> and then what is he saying to Timothy? The Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, He must be gentle to all. He must yeah. be kind to mm -hmm. all. It's like... Well, he pens the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is what we need to be... And it's like, man, is that the same guy? But um, And he goes to studies in Arabia for years, goes away. He's back in Tarsus uh, by the mm -hmm. time... Eventually, we'll, we can. How long to, was he gone? Was it? I, I don't know. Is it like two or three years? Two years. Is, it, is that what it says in the? I, yeah, he says it. Is it in Galatians? I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think it was I think Galatians. It yeah, he says I went to Arabia, and, mm -hmm. then, he, and then by the time we he re-enters the stage in Acts, was it maybe eleven? Yeah, it's so? later. It's later. Yeah. Yeah. So go back to Peter three for a years. little while because he's then. Because Barnabas goes and grabs him from Tarsus whenever mm -hmm. they need some help at Antioch. Yeah. Um, and I think the real important thing about Paul throughout um, his ministry is that whereas before the law had been center in his life, mm -hmm. all of the commandments of God, that was done away with. And what became center to him was the person of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I think is, is good, too, is, um, you know, Paul has this great experience on the road to Damascus <clears throat> where yeah. he... He's told to go see Ananias or whatever, and he does that. But from there, he could have been, you know, started his own ministry, started his own little evangelism <laughs> tour, sure, or whatever he wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. But we don't see that in him. We see him, like we say, he goes and he studies more and he right. trains more. Yeah. And he doesn't do. I'm sure he was sharing the gospel at this mm -hmm. point. I'm sure he was doing stuff. But until he's commissioned mm -hmm. by the church, right? right. He's grabbed by mm -hmm. the church. Yeah. So we we see this importance of submission to the church even though he had this crazy experience where if that were right. I mean, we hear stories of people today who say i had this crazy experience i'm set aside i don't need the right. local church i'm going to go do this on that right. not with paul no he gets commissioned by the local church you know like you said barnabas gets him mm -hmm. and they yeah. they say yes go do this and then he feels the freedom right to go do this with them the lord's timing him. right yeah yeah and later you know they'll have the jerusalem council mm -hmm. and you'll have some things yeah. happen but at this point, he's pretty well established within the church, yeah. and he's commissioned by not just the Lord, but now the church yeah. has done that as well. And right. mm -hmm. I just think it points to what you know later Paul will say in Romans about how will they hear unless somebody is sent. Yeah. There's right. the importance of, right. of the church sending people to go and share. But it's always done within this church that, oddly enough, Jesus said he would establish, yeah. Yeah. and that would yeah. be what he would use. Right. right? It's not this right. rogue thing. Nope. And sadly, we see too many rogue preachers today too many mm -hmm. rogue evangelists right to be frank too many rogue musicians and bands yeah. who just aren't under the authority of a local church to love on them to mm -hmm. care for them to right. send them out to hold them accountable yep. right. and really we're in such a worse place because of that yeah that would all be right. settled if people would just follow <clears throat> paul what right. paul did here and the reality is is no one wins yeah. in those situations right the evangelist that mm -mm. is just kind of going rogue mm -hmm. he doesn't win and then the people, the hearers, uh, don't win oftentimes. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit works through the church. Yeah. He, that's, mm -hmm. this is the mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Work through the church. And we uh, see it with all the, fallible, no, but all the apostles, though, they, yeah. they're in the church. They're working together. They're meeting right, together, right. making decisions together, yep. arguing together, right? right? Sending out together. Later, you know, Paul's trying to get money. For why? For the church, right. to get back to the church and to help with this. They, mission. I, they, they had, I think. In their minds, they had no concept of being an apostle apart from the church. No. Mm -hmm. It is an office of the church. Right. It's like me trying to think about, you know. But I think it goes back to trying to be a Jew without 
all the other Jews. Right. I mean, it yes, doesn't so, exist. No, right, right, yeah. No, I'm just going to be an American, but I'm going to live and deny my citizenship and live in Uganda. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, yeah. it's like, okay, but doesn't that make, doesn't yeah. work. That makes no sense, right? You can't, you, mm -hmm. you, you are who you are because you're also part of this body yeah. of people. Right. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, it's a wonderful reality that it's, Paul is a, an exemplary person but he's also part of this spiritual mm -hmm. family, mm -hmm. the the, uh, the congregation. And it didn't mean they don't have disagreements, because right. in Galatians, Paul rips Peter. Yeah. I mean, he yep. rips him. I mean, calls him out. Calls him yeah. out in front of everyone. And yep. Hey, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> You're being a hypocrite here. I mean, yeah. he just lays it out. Yeah. But again, it's right. not for lack of love, because later Peter would write very well of Paul. Right. Mm -hmm. Call the words of Paul's scripture. Right. Yeah, some stuff's kind of hard to understand, but uh, keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but exactly, yeah. They um, they, they mutually supported each yeah. other's ministries. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, all right. Well, next week, um, uh, the next podcast, we, we hope to continue on with this. Uh, we're going to look at the, uh, the Gentile mission. So the fact of like Paul and Silas, Barnabas, all those guys going out, taking the gospel to the Gentiles. We'll talk about the Jerusalem Council, which was held in Acts chapter 15, which really helped us had had lasting ramifications for the gospel and Gentiles and Jews, their relationship. And then the last thing we'll talk about is the uh, destruction of Jerusalem. So just kind of taking a break. Um, we'll eventually get back to the screw tape letters again, but just kind of uh, mm -hmm. taking a break and kind of uh, with a, a fresh topic uh, about that. So thanks so much for listening. Hope it's been encouraging uh, to you. And uh, we'll be back with you next time. <laughs>